What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and inks, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I am your host, Dominique Smith. As always, I want to thank everyone for their continued support on this podcast. It's been truly, truly so much fun. Uh, we have some amazing guests coming up in the month of April, since we are in the last week of March, which is crazy because it felt like 2021 yesterday, but here we are just rolling through the year. So thank everybody for their continued support. On today's episode, we have Miss Sarah Hayes. Sarah is the founder of the run club called Mindful Miles, and she has a unique story that I'm excited for you all to hear. Uh, we talked about how that got started, the run club got started, and her mission uh, with it. We talked about her as a collegiate athlete. Uh, we got a chance to reminisce some old school stuff. So if you like places like Radio Shack and Blockbuster, yeah, we talked about that too. And then we had some fun questions and uh, she talked about some of the changes that she would like to see in running as well. So do me a favor. You can go on the website. We have the website. I actually, it's all fixed up now. It's up to date. You'll find all the latest episodes there as well as all, the, all of the articles um, there as well. And that is lacticacidpodcast.org. From there, you can go and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your pa or podcast. Excuse me. Um, please do that. Go ahead and subscribe so you can stay up to date and get the latest episodes as soon as they drop. And if you can give a nice review, if you like it, it helps the algorithm and we can get seen and boosted up to um, you know higher levels so more people can see the podcast. So I would definitely appreciate it if you did that. You can also find me on YouTube lactic acid podcast and that's where you can see this episode and then we're on social media we're kicking in on twitter lactic acid underscore pod instagram lactic acid podcast and tiktok i'm still on tiktok y'all it, it's 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 not gonna be long well i can't say that because i may you know find something to do with that and, and just get hip to this modern day technology but lactic acid podcast is where you can find me on tiktok I am writing with FanHub now, so if you want some in-depth articles, go to FanHub.com. You'll not only find my writing, but we have some incredible, incredible people. Um, they are former Olympians. They're people that you know and love and grew up rooting for, and some of the great uh, young storytellers in this game, including some who have been on my show and who I'm blessed to call friends. And it is something that is changing the game of track and field. It's very innovative. It's awesome. It's fresh. FanHub.com. It is uh, a part of the athlete biz. Um, I guess, well, the organization. And so I'll be sure to put that in the show notes, the link to that. So you can definitely check that out. As always, thank you again. God bless. I hope you enjoy the episode. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and angst, and welcome to Lactic Acid, the podcast where the takes are fresh, the ideas are ripe, and that makes us the best in the bunch. I am your host, Dominique Smith, and today I am super pumped to introduce someone that I met. I give a shout out to the homegirl, Allie Feller. She came on and blessed the show, uh, but met uh, her on Facebook, a part of Allie's group and realized quickly she's a pretty big deal in the running community. She is none other than Miss Sarah Hayes. 
how are you doing? It's a pleasure to meet you virtually in this uh, social media sucks, but it is good for a few things, I would say. You know, it's the best. I always say everything in moderation and Instagram and Zoom and Facebook groups have really just risen to the occasion. And I've met some incredible people these past two years. So it's great to meet you. It's great to be here. Everything in moderation. <laughs> yeah, you stay on the Facebook groups too long and then you're like, wait a minute, are, am I thinking this or am I just reading these threads for too long? <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely think I've overloaded on Zoom, but you know, that's kind of the way <laughs> of the world. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I ask pretty much everybody when they come on the show. If you had to pick a superhero to describe you and your business or you as a business owner and for what you do, who are you rolling with? Oh man, I've already struck out. I don't. I don't okay. So let's, 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 let's alter. <laughs> so let's think instead of a superhero, let's look at TV character, TV personality or movie personality. Okay. So I character or TV personality. Yeah. I heard you ask Allie this on your on y'all's interview and I started sweating because oh, wow. the only show I've been watching recently is Ozark. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it is dark. And so that's all I can think about is I'm like, man, what TV characters? I have no idea. I guess if we went with like an OG show, maybe Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. Um okay. <laughs> because like I, I love my job so much. I think running is so cool. And some people, you know, might think that's a little nerdy. They might think it's a little weird, like the parks department. Um, I also have a huge love for waffles and all things fried. So <laughs> let's go with Leslie. No. <laughs> Shout out to Amy Poehler. I haven't seen that show in about a good. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> a good year and a half. Parks and Rec. Yeah. Uh, but Ron Swanson was was an OG on that one. Yeah. Matt yeah. love to uh Nick Offman. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. I like that. The in the passion, the enthusiasm. Okay. That is uh I can dig that. I can dig that. <laughs> so Sarah, like I said, she is making a difference in the running community because you have a business called Mindfulness Miles. I got that right, correct? Mindful Miles. Mindful Miles. Oh man. You know, it sucks when you spend like a week like studying and then you get to the final <laughs> exam and then you screw up. And I, I have like the notes on my phone, but I was like, nah, I'm not going to look at it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be courageous. And I just caught an L that I'm hoping that at some point in the show I can bounce back from. But um, and you were also a runner as well, mm -hmm. a collegiate runner. So let's talk about the business first, and then we'll get into the running aspect. So kind of how did it all start? Just tell the people a little bit about it, um, what it is that you do and why you're so passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. So I am uh, the founder and head coach over at Mindful Miles, uh, Mindful Miles Running. Um, and it kind of came about as a, a COVID hobby, I guess I could say. So, uh, you know, I've been a runner my whole life. I, you know, ran pretty competitively in high school and into college. And the the one thing that, you know, kind of always struck a weird chord with me is anytime I talked to someone that, you know, wasn't a I hate to say it, but quote unquote traditional runner. So they didn't run, you know, in, in college or in high school or whatever. 
they would come to me and they'd say something like, oh my gosh, I ran a mile yesterday and I thought of you or, you know, something along those lines. And before they could even like sit in that accomplishment, they would quickly backtrack and say, well, but I'm not a runner or, oh, but I'm not that fast. And it's always, oh, but, and even in my coaching practice today, when I'm talking to new athletes that come in, they always say something like that. And I always thought that was strange because it's, you know, we're always comparing ourselves to like the next, you know, best runner or someone who's, you know, down the block that can go faster or further than us. And it really takes the joy away from being in the moment and being in the run. So fast forward, uh, that was just a little bit of background to, oh my goodness, 2019 is when we went in lockdown, 2019, 2020, uh, no, 2020. 2020. Yeah, yeah, that's when we kind of went into lockdown. And I, um, like everybody else, was working from home. And I was just feeling super discouraged, super lonely. I was really craving community. And um, uh, funny enough, I reached out to some of my old teammates. I went to a division two school up in New York called Pace. Um, So I reached out to some of my old teammates and I said, hey, like it's, it's literally been since college since I've trained and raced a 5K. If I put a training plan together for us, you know, would you guys want to just kind of like virtually run together, virtually race something just to keep us going? And um, every single one of them responded and said, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, all right. Um, So I, you know, I just kind of sat on it. It was funny at the time I was reading Dina Castor's book, which is, you know, all about mindfulness, all about finding motivation within yourself. And, you know, it was really, really inspirational. And so I said, screw it. I'm just going to do it. So I went on my Instagram stories, which, you know, was just a a personal account at that time. And I said, like, Hey, I want to run a 5k. Um, how about like an eight week training program? Who's in, who wants to do this with me? And I think like, like 50 people responded and was like, yeah, let's do it. So I was like, Whoa, all right, let's do it. So, you know, it kind of started as that, that craving and yearning for community. And then from there, I was like, you know, I had that light bulb moment of like, what if this could be something more? Because my whole life I've loved running. And um, again, not to, not to be self-deprecating, like I just said, we all do, but at my very best, maybe I could have gone elite, but I would have been bottom of the barrel of the elites. So I would not have made any money. I wouldn't have been able to do anything. And so I just thought, well, if I can't make it to the Olympics, if I can't be a professional runner, I have no business in running. There's nothing else I can do. I had no idea that there was a world that you and I live in today. So I, um, you know, I kind of was just like, maybe this could be it. Maybe, you know, maybe this whole running thing, coaching thing, community could, could be something. So I set the goal. I said, you know what, by the end of the year, I told my then fiance, now husband, I said, by the end of the year, I'm giving myself till December. So that was probably like March, something like that. So I'm giving myself till December to see if this could be like a real business that like one, I can grow, but two, like I could truly enjoy and see myself doing. So fast forward, the pandemic continues to, you know, do what it did. And um, I lost my job in December. My company went out of business and they just said, you know what, sorry. Like they called us all in a meeting. They said, tomorrow's your last day. Like we can't, we can't sustain it anymore. And I just had this weird sense of calmness over me because I was like, well, this sucks, but I guess this was kind of the goal the whole time. Like, all right, like I just got a kick in the butt. Like, here we go. Let's do it. So that was um, last year. And so I have been 
part-time with Mindful Miles. I was part-time Mindful Miles for about a year and I've been full-time for a little over a year now. Um, and it's been really incredible. And so the community itself is, it's all, you know, all bodies are welcome. All abilities are welcome. You know, we have some crazy, incredible athletes that are, you know, reaching for their BQs. We have people that are learning to run a mile for the first time. And it really is just, it comes back to that celebration of the body and celebration that we all, you know, can do something wildly incredible. So you kind of go, and that's an incredible story. So you kind of dig at the roots of it, meaning, um, you know, there's some people who, you know, know how to run, but you're willing to work with the people who are just learning how to crawl. And then from crawling to walking, from walking to running, you don't really see that. Um too much and I, I mean maybe it's and that's not to say you know it's an issue for you know coaches and I'm certainly not saying that there are more coach there are not more coaches like you out there mm-hmm. um, but you have from an outsider's point of view it seems that there's this willingness and this preference to walk with someone along their journey and so you, you go back and you mentioned um you know, people will come up and tell you I ran a mile and, um, you know, you know, there would be like an asterisk, which, you know, it hits home because that's like me. Because, uh, you know, you, you follow people who's like, oh, I just went on a nice, easy 10 mile run today. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, you mm-hmm. suck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm kind of cranking that out. But for you, what gives you the patience and what gives you the joy to work with these people from like start from the bottom and then you're trying to get to the point where you can say now we're here because that takes patience and that takes a true love for what you do it does and you know I think it's I love I love working with beginners and you know I think it's because that feeling that you get that undescribable I can't believe I just did that. There's nothing in this world that I can't do if I put my mind to it feeling. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think it's magic. And I don't think you have to be, you know, a marathoner. I don't think you have to be a thin white woman. I don't think that you have to fit all of these buckets that the magazines and the media tells you that you have to fit in order to get it, you know? And to be able to be a part of someone's journey and to help them see how wildly capable they are because it's not me and I say this all the time to the athletes that I work with like oh my god I believe in you and I think you can do incredible things but until you believe in yourself like it's just like I'm just throwing spaghetti at a wall so to be able to help someone see you know their true potential whatever that is and have it realized while out on a run like that's that's the that's the calling I mean it's it's the most incredible feeling for me as a coach but also for the athlete too from a mental standpoint um and I want to want to you know accurately ask this or ask this in a way where it makes sense from a mental standpoint how do you get someone who falls into a society labeled category about you know, you said you don't have to be a thin white woman. You don't have to, you know, be this, this and that, but it takes a mental, like, you know, mentally in your mind, you know, I mean, I'm human. I struggle with it sometimes. It's like, uh, you know, well, man, you know, I can't, can't do this. How do you help your athletes get past the mental roadblock? I guess that's the best way of asking 
and so that they can eliminate the walls that you know society kind of put to say okay well this is how you need to be this is how you should look and that will be the driving factor in your success yeah i mean you know it's such a great question and i think really what it comes down to is how how curious can I get with my athletes? Um, you know, and the individuals that I speak with, you know, mainly on Instagram, it's a great community. Um, because these ideas that we have about, you know, I need to lose X amount of pounds or I need to look a certain way, they're not usually our thoughts. So if we can get really curious and we can whittle it down, we can figure out, okay. How old were you when you first felt like you needed to lose weight or, you know, who, who told you that? Because typically it's, you know, it's a parent's voice in our head that we're hearing or, a, you know, a well-meaning, but maybe not the best doctor or um, shows like The Biggest Loser or things like that, that we all grew up with you start to realize, okay, just because I'm thinking this doesn't mean I own the thought. This is, this is someone else's narrative. This is a show that I used to watch. There's so many different ways that, you know, diet culture and fat phobia come up in our everyday thoughts that we don't realize. So I think once we can start to identify, like, you know, I'm pretty badass the way I am. And like, if I lose weight, then great, but that's not the goal anymore. Like I'm here to live my life. I'm here to push myself. And I'm here to understand that, like, health at every size is a true thing and like I don't have to fit your mold because I'm pretty sweet the way I am and I'm just going to show up as I am how do you and this is just from a gen, general standpoint and it's interesting that you brought that up obviously size does not matter when it comes to athletics because pretty big people do pretty amazing things and I say that as a big guy myself um, not that I'm athletic. Well, I am athletic, but I'm not like Superman. I have a minuscule bit of athleticism, but from, it's such a hard line because there's like, okay, you know, if you get a little thinner, then maybe you can help take some of the pressure off of your joints. And, you know, there are certain medical things like cholesterol and all of that stuff, you know, that there's benefit in it. But how, but at the same time, like you said, you don't want to be fat chain, like mm -hmm. you're invaluable to this community because you're fat. How do you manage that? Because I feel like there's a fine line yeah. between that. And sometimes the message can get conflicting. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I'm following what you're saying. And, and listen, I, I understand that my opinion is not the most popular and I'm okay with that. I think that you know, if someone comes to me and they say, I want a running coach because I want to lose weight. I like to get to the why behind it. Okay. Why do you want to lose weight? I don't feel good. Okay, cool. We can work on you feeling better. Um, you know, I, I want to have more energy to play with my kids. I don't want to get winded every time I walk up the stairs, like different things like that. Sure. We can work with that. Um, I like to say like your body is going to fluctuate your entire life. Like we are meant to ebb and flow. And so if we could just let that go and understand that our body's gonna do what we need to do and we could focus on 
movement because it's not just for physical health it's for mental health too foods that we enjoy foods that nourish us and that doesn't mean you're drinking kale smoothies every day if you enjoy kale sure but if you don't there's tons of other nutrient dense foods that you can get and so i think it's kind of understanding yes if you have weight to lose trusting that your body is going to naturally lose it when you start to you know live a healthier life whatever that means for you and that's kind of what my coaching practice is all about is it's understanding that a healthy life for me is not cut and paste it doesn't mean it's your healthy life it doesn't mean that consistent for you is consistent for your neighbor and those change throughout the seasons of our lives so sometimes if you can get out the door and you can just move your body for 10 minutes twice a week that's awesome and then maybe the next season of your life, you're doing that every single day, seven days a week. And it's great, but it's understanding that, you know, we have other things to do in life than lose weight. And so how can we just celebrate where we are right now, want the best for ourselves, challenge and push ourselves, and then let our bodies take care of, you know, whatever it needs to on its own. Right. Why running for you? Why running? Why from the beginning? Um, what was it about the art? You see, I call running, people call it a sport. I call it an art. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it was, what was it about the art of running that attracted you to it, to where you love it so much? Yeah. Oh man, that's such an interesting, it's, it's a very dynamic question. Um, so I guess when I was younger, I like maybe seventh or eighth grade, my whole life, I played softball. I played all of the sports, but softball was the only one I was good enough to stay on a team for. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I, that was like, you know, I was like, all right, I can keep up with these people. Maybe occasionally I'll make contact with the ball long enough for them to keep me on the team. Like, great. And so I was a catcher. And my coach at the time had suggested that I take up cross country in the off season to give me endurance, you know, for when I was catching behind the plate, I'm originally from New Mexico. So the summers get very hot. You need to be able to like, you know, withstand the heat. And, uh, I was like, all right, like, I'll try this thing, anything to get better. And, you know, like most people early in their journeys, I freaking hated it. I was like, why do people, why do you run? Like, this is not fun. There's like nothing to do out here, especially growing up in New Mexico. It's just, it's empty land. Like there's not much to look at, (laughs) you know? And so I'd say probably it was like two, three weeks of me just like, okay, shaking my head saying like, tell me what to do and I'll go do it. And then eventually, you know, it kind of creeps up on you and you realize wow, it's kind of nice to be completely disconnected. It's kind of nice to be alone with my thoughts. It's kind of nice to, you know, just take it easy and go on autopilot. It's kind of nice to push myself and to see what it feels like to really, really hurt and to really, really want something. And so I think that's why, you know, it's stayed with me all of these years because running has been able to fill all of the buckets that I need. If I need quiet time, if I need to be able to reflect, I can go on a run. If I'm like, feeling like a million bucks and I just want to like let it out and celebrate I can go on a run if I'm you know if I'm struggling with you know I used to work you know in the corporate world if I'm struggling with uh, my boss or a coworker, a project or something I can kind of go on a run and sort that out in my head and give myself space to think and so that's what I love most about this sport is it meets you where you're at there's you know sure there's 
barriers to entry, but for the most part, if you have that pair of shoes and you're able to go run somewhere where you feel safe, there's no barrier to entry in that regard that you can, you can walk, you can jog, you can sprint, you can do whatever you need, but you're able to have that space and that time for you. And that's what I've always loved most about this sport is because I don't, if I have a team, great. If I have someone to run with, great, but I can also go do it on my own. I don't need a net. I don't need a glove. I don't need anything other than me and a safe space to run. So we're going to get back to running. That was a brilliant answer. Um, I'm still not there yet. <laughs> I live in Florida, born and raised. So we only have two seasons, winter and summer. <laughs> you know. Mild and hot. <laughs> yeah, like today it's March and it's 89 degrees. Um uh, and so it's, you know, Florida's just showing out, doing its best preview for summer, which is just something that I don't appreciate. Uh, <laughs> but tell me a little bit more about yourself outside of work and running. That's what the people want to know. That's what we do here at Lactic Acid. So we already know that you grew up in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. All right. So what else? What, what, tell the people what they want to hear. Like the OJ say, got to give the people, give the people what they want. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I really appreciate this question because I think it's so important. I, for a very long time, I, you know, in high school, college, identified as a runner and then I graduated and went on to work and I identified in my job and got to the point where I was just like, who am I? Who am I outside of these things? And it's so important and it's so scary because when you're in conversations like this or remember when people would go to bars and be like, what do you do for fun? And you're just like, oh, please don't ask me that. <laughs> um, who is Sarah? So I, I'm actually a new mother. Oh, I have a five-month-old um, and that, that takes up a lot of my a lot of my days and a lot of my brain power because I have no idea what I'm doing but it is so fun I um so my husband and I are both the youngest of our siblings so we weren't raised with children so we're we're really just learning as we go um so that's I I'm a runner I'm newly an avid reader I've always been super jealous of people that like post pictures of their stacks of books and they're like oh yeah I just I just read this last week. I'm like, I've been reading the same paragraph for the past five months. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm, I've been working on that. I'm newly an avid reader and it's a lot of fun. Um, who else am I? I am, I am a daughter. I am a sister. I am a wife. Um, yeah, I think. The only book I could read is the Bible. I can't, people are like, yeah, I'm just sitting down reading. My brain cannot, and I obviously, you know, my job is to read and write, you know, being a journalist. So I, I can read an article, but my brain, even in reading articles, like my brain cannot comprehend more than like 30 seconds because I'm thinking about fried chicken or thinking about <laughs> the game or thinking about just something else. So I just don't have to, I'm like, if you, if you read it, you have to, it needs to be one of those Dr. Seuss books, you know? Something like that. <laughs> All right. So here's my trick. Um, at one of my athletes actually recommended it to me and it's worked marvelously because I have, you know, I like most people, a million tabs open in my brain at all times and there's screens everywhere and there's distractions always. So I 
um, literally have to hide my phone. If I can see it, then it's, it's a no, no go. Um, and I'll have like a pen and paper next to me because when your brain starts to calm down, that's when all the thought bubbles pop up of the things that you need to do. So rather than doing them, I'll just like write down, okay, when I'm done reading, I got to go do this. Right. But I set a timer for 10 minutes because it, especially if you're reading like right now I'm reading some like dense stuff and it's hard to kind of like it, it's one of those books where you just have to read the sentence over and over again until something sticks um but I set the timer for 10 minutes because sometimes you don't even realize like it's very similar to meditation where you're like I feel like I've been here forever I gotta get out of here and then I'm like okay the timer hasn't gone off yet it is 10 minutes in my day so I can sit here and I can I really have like had to teach myself how to learn how to read again, I guess, because I'm like, I'll sit here and I will read the same paragraph until I move on. And it's gotten a lot better. I can read for longer than 10 minutes now, but setting that timer and hiding the phone has been for me, what the game changer is. Interesting. Problem is like, you got the phone and then you got all these electronics that are just like, that's where our society has like our world yeah why read when you can get like an instant instant dopamine hit like <laughs> yeah, pretty much like it's like why would you read a book like isn't it there's this there's 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 this movie called i love it is one of if not my no it's definitely top three it's called the intern with okay. uh ann hathaway and right. robert de niro and so essentially if you haven't seen the movie i would suggest everyone go see it but or rent it for whatever however you get your movies go to blockbuster see we're gonna get to that in a minute because <laughs> uh, i'm glad somebody else brought that up but you know he is this 70 year old guy and so her company she's a business owner called a, a business called about to fit and essentially is online shopping and they had this internship program but it was for elders so old people essentially you know, being interned. And so when he was, he got the job, he was one of a few that got selected and he was her, um, he was her personal intern. And in the application or the interview, you know, they were like, well, where did you work? He said, you know, I worked for Dex One Phone Book. I was, you know, in charge of the printing of the physical phone book. And then the girl was like, well, can't you just Google numbers now? Maybe. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, but before that, it was like, oh, okay, never mind. So essentially, that's kind of like everything is so centered around the phone. Why read a book, buy a book from a hard copy in Barnes and Noble or your favorite bookstore or order it off Amazon, which is another issue when you can you have a Kindle or <laughs> you pay for a subscription and you read something on your phone. Um, but what book are you reading right now? So right now I'm reading a book, uh, it's called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's on trauma and how our body holds on to trauma. Um, so like I said, it's very dense uh, and it, it, it's, it's taken me a while to get through, but it's really fascinating. Um, so that's what I'm reading right now. Um, before that, I read a book called The Body is Not an Apology, which is, um, it was a really fascinating book basically on uncovering like fat phobia and why it is that you know why are we so uncomfortable seeing you know fat people why why is it that we feel like we need to be thin and um yeah it was 
it's it was one of those books where it wasn't as dense it just required you to do a lot more like internal work and there was like the journal prompts that go along with it and uh it was it was it was fascinating so what attracts you to those books I feel like I am an insatiable learner and I need to look I, which is which is funny because in high school and like college I was just like the person that was like just tell me what I need to memorize so I can get a good grade in this class like I will not like I'm not a traditional learner because if you put me in a classroom I get really nervous and I don't want to raise my hand and ask questions but I'm just I'm very curious and I think it's it's like the a wonderful intersection between my coaching practice and just me as a human because I get to kind of explore both of these things and understand, okay, well, why is it that I love the things that I love and why does it always come back to running or to movement or, you know, things along those lines. So for me, it's, it's way more than like miles and splits and, and, you know, weightlifting, things like that. It's understanding, you know, how can, how can these books and, you know, levels of personal development and, you know, mindfulness habits kind of, what can they teach us about ourselves and how can we kind of go out into the world and attract the, the community that we want to be a part of? So self-evaluation. Yeah. 100%. You mentioned Blockbuster. Okay. What was like, I'm just curious, because now that I had a conversation with a friend of mine and we were talking about all the places. See, I'm 27. So technically I consider myself artificial, um, <laughs> like fossilization stage. And so she and I were talking about like all these places that used to open up, like we had available as kids that are not available now. What was like your go-to store that's no longer available? I mean, Blockbuster was pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> What else that's no longer available? I used to go ahead. No, what did you have? I was gonna say mine to give you time to um, think of yours. I used to go to Blockbuster because um, there was DVD, but I don't know if the kids will remember. But there's something called VHS, so they would sell the VHS. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would go to Blockbuster and get that. But the other store for me to go to was Radio Shack. Okay. Um, because Radio Shack had sophisticated man. Yeah. Very <laughs> sophisticated. Radio Shack had the VCR cleaner for the VHS uh thing. And so I, I go there and Radio Shack. See, Radio Shack was the OG Apple store. Like yeah. I don't think people understand. Like I've <laughs> never had such a fascination with remotes than I did when I was at Radio Shack and all that stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And then <laughs> Apple took over. Uh, but what's yours? I really, honestly, I think it was Blockbuster. I mean, maybe Toys R Us. I, yes. Oh boy. Uh, Toys R Us, like, gosh, I, I think I heard that they might be trying to come back or maybe they did. I don't know. But Toys okay. R Us was pretty sweet. I mean, we grew up, we, we grew up pretty poor. So to be able to go to Toys R Us and look at all the, like, the bougie ass toys and, like, pretend that you were just shopping for yourself, like, and I know that they had that, uh, they had like their version of Radio Shack. There was always like a corner where you could look at like the latest Game Boy and things like that. So uh, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, even Blockbuster, like the one by me had a, um, a gumball machine. 
And so yeah. if you've got a gumball with a star on it, you got a free rental. And I don't know how I rigged that thing, but I always got the star. So that was good memories, man, because I got to rent the land before time over and over oh, and over again. <laughs> that is OOG. That's like yeah. OOG. So yeah. you're like one of those Nickelodeon and yeah. yeah. It's funny. Just had a, a couple months ago. Uh, my friend Hannah and I, we had a very lengthy Nickelodeon based episode uh, talking about the OG uh, shows and things that yeah. we missed. Uh, she's Hey Arnold. I was Rugrats. There's oh, the, for sure. that, yeah. that, that's always my favorite, always will be my favorite until they screwed it up with the all grown up crap. Um, <laughs> Hey Arnold, I said, Hey Arnold, Rocket Power, Angry Beaver, Cat Dog, yes. <laughs> that was uh, Rocco's Modern Life, which was a weird flex. And then the Wild Thornberries were just, that was epic. Donnie was my favorite. Donnie? Yeah. Oh God, he's so funny. <laughs> if I could take back my answer, I'll be Donnie. <laughs> Donnie spoke in cursive. Yeah, he did. Like, it was either cursive or hieroglyphics because he <laughs> I, I saw a clip of that on twitter i was like, <laughs> like man, so if cursive writing was a language that was donnie wait he was a he was a monkey right uh-uh no or they had a pet monkey i can't remember was, he was just a crazy kid that was and yeah he was just crazy that was darwin darwin was the pet darwin was the monkey and he was way more put together than donnie yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm gonna ask the question that she asked me uh to you actually you know what i'm gonna wait and do that for rapid fire oh man i'm so nervous <laughs> um but back to running so you went to a college uh pace mm -hmm. um so tell me about just kind of your running career like the events that you did and all that fun stuff, being a collegiate athlete, which is a pretty big deal. Yeah, you know, it was so much fun. And so for me, I was the first in my family to go to college. And we didn't really know that um, athletic scholarships were a thing. Like, so in high school, when, you know, we found out that I was pretty good, um, I started, you know, getting letters from various schools. And, you know, they had me on recruiting trips, which, which were so cool. And so um, for me, it was truly that like kid in the candy store or kid in Toys R Us moment where it was just like, you get to see all of these different universities and their approach to running and honestly their swag, because what else do you care about at like 17 years old? Um, <laughs> I remember. So I, I was between Pace and Texas Tech and St. John's. So I was a couple of D1 schools and then Pace, which is D2. And oh man, the swag that they had was so cool. And the facility, like, oh, I geek out on like a good recovery facility. So that was <laughs> ultimately though, I, I did decide to go um, D2 over D1 because like I said, I, I knew I was not going to be a professional runner and it was my way of still enjoying the sport that I love, but being able to focus on whatever was next for me. And that was, I studied business and I, I actually went on to, to work in professional sports after college, which was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it was a really, it was a really incredible experience. And I think for me, it was quite interesting because 
at Pace, I had the option to kind of pave my own path, carve my own path. Um, it's not, it's not the most athletic school, I guess you could say. Um, so, you know, my teammates were kind of a mixture of people who just wanted to run and people who like really wanted to run. And you don't necessarily see that in, in any other sport. So, um, it was, it kind of taught me to stop taking myself so seriously, if that makes sense, because I think a lot of times when you, you know, you're training so hard and you want the best out of yourself, it's like, you just overthink everything like down to like, uh, what socks am I wearing? Are these socks going to give me blisters? And is the blister therefore going to hurt my run tomorrow? And if my run tomorrow is no good, am I going to be able to compete well this weekend? And, you know, it's just like, and, uh, not many of my teammates thought that way. And so I definitely, I, you know, I learned after many years to stop taking myself so seriously. And it was, um, it was a very hard road. Um, but I'm grateful for it. How did that experience in college running in pace? What events did you run? Just by the way. So here's the funny story. Um, I got a scholarship for cross country and track um, in high school. I was in high school. This was considered the distance at the time. And now it's like mid distance to sprinting. I was a half miler and a miler. Um, so that's I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's <mid> but <laughs> it was distance. It was considered distance at the time. Um, and I got a call from Pace the week before I was supposed to report um, my freshman year, and they said we've cut the track program, but oh. we're still going to honor your track scholarship. Do you still want to come? So I was like you mean I'm, and I, I love distance. So for me to not have to run indoor or outdoor track, I was like, I ultimately missed it a lot, but I was just like, you mean I can uh, get the full scholarship for half the price? Like, yeah, okay, I'll come. <laughs> so I, uh, I just, I mean, we ran five Ks. There was the occasional six K, but that was, um, that's pretty much what our focus was. Wow. Listen, that's a home run <laughs> right there. And essentially, <laughs> but how did that experience at Pace, the things that you went through carving, you know, your own path, how did that shape you to be the coach and the business owner that you are now? Yeah, I mean, so it was tough because I, you know, I was away from home for the first time, like everybody is, regardless of where you go to school. Um, and I... I was kind of introduced to disordered eating for the first time. Um, so I, you know, I kind of saw some of my teammates um, with disordered eating habits and I kind of picked it up on my own too. And that was, it was one of those things where I didn't realize how toxic the sport is or could be until I was removed from it. Right. And I was so deep into wanting to be the best version of myself that I didn't realize that I was tearing myself apart in the process. And so when I, when I graduated, I, you know, I didn't run for about a year, I'll say. Um, and when I started thinking about, you know, how much I missed it and wanting to come back to the sport, it was, it was met with a lot of like hesitation because I felt like I had gotten to a place where I was had a good relationship with food again and I didn't really 
correlate, okay, this lunch equals a good run or a bad run, or this food is good or bad. And so I was super nervous because I didn't, I didn't want to take any steps back. And um, I just remember kind of having like sitting at the table and having this conversation with myself, like, all right, this is what we're going to do. You're going to run. You're going to do whatever you want. We're not going to follow a training plan. We're just going to have fun. We're just going to show up and you're going to keep doing the things that you love. So since then I had gotten really into yoga and cross training and lifting and all of these things that like, I thought that I couldn't do because I needed to focus on just running, uh, which is just so funny. Um, but I was like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to have fun and we're just going to see what happens. And so I think as a result of taking the pressure off of myself and not wanting a, you know, direct outcome and doing other things like yoga, like strength training, like, you know, conditioning my body in different ways. I was running the fastest and the furthest I had ever, ever gone. And I just, I remember thinking one day, like, man, that's why they say like, you get wiser with age. Cause if I knew this shit when I was in college, I would have been untouchable. <laughs> hey, you, you listen, that would have been interviewing an Olympic gold medalist. But... <laughs> but you know, I'm so grateful for the journey because not only has it helped me like heal my relationship with running and truly like come to it from a place of fun, it's brought about mind for miles. And that's, that's ultimately like what I teach every single athlete that I work with. And it's so funny because I can hear them all rolling their eyes as I say athlete, because they're like, I'm not an athlete, <laughs> but it's true. Like if you, if you move your body on purpose, you are an athlete. Like, let's just put that to rest right now. Um, but it's, you know, it's that reminder that, okay, you are not relying on running to pay your mortgage. So why are we making this bigger than it has to be? Why can't we just go out and have fun? Why are we, let's take the pressure off and let's remember that we're here for fun or we're here to deal with stress or help with anxiety or all of these things, not add to. Last question before we wrap this bad boy up with the bow. Um, how has being a mother changed you as a runner and just enhance what you do with mindful miles oh man you're gonna have to ask me again in a year because i feel like the answer <laughs> so, um, so far so far i'm so i'm so new to it uh, but you know i think so it's changed me in the sense that it's making me a better person every day and i remember when I was pregnant, going on a walk and feeling so scared. And I was like, why am I, why do I feel so afraid? And I thought, well, the last time I felt afraid like this, it was before I ran my first marathon or before I decided to stop working corporate and start Mindful Miles or before I, um, you know, started my first job out of college. And I said, like, well, what what does that feeling ultimately mean? And I, and I came to the conclusion that I'm scared because I'm about to start doing something that's really hard, right. but it's going to be worth it. And it's ultimately going to make me a better person. And it's going to teach me a lot about myself. And Lord has it, um, you know, so I'm still scared every day. I still don't know what I'm doing, but it's it's really helped me to kind of look at myself through the lens of my child. And when I think of anything when I think of my friendships when I think of my runs when I think of my business how do I want him to view me how do I want him to tell his friends one day about his mom and I I kind of 
came down to um to two words and it's funny I want him to think that I'm like funny and, and free and fun um and I want him to like silly and serious is kind of like the the two things so like she can take herself serious when she needs to but we don't always have to take ourselves so serious we can be silly we can have fun and the world is not going to you know catch fire if we do um and so that's kind of I don't know that's that's a very long answer to your question that I don't even know if I answered you did <laughs> You did because it just well it, it brings about a different perspective is what I got from what you said a unique perspective and I think that answer obviously I you know I don't know what it's like to have kids um, but I can understand what you're saying is that answer could change a year from now and then the answer you give a year from now could change a year after that and it's just kind of a continuous growing process which is which is exciting which is which is really cool a lot i got one more question that just popped in my head that i'm going to ask before we wrap fire i am trying to incorporate this and ask everyone this but what is the change that you would like to see in running oh my god um like blanket inclusion and I, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, I struggle sometimes talking about this because I do identify as a thin white woman. So I understand that I kind of am in that mold. But the things that running has taught me are so incredible. And I, I could only wish that everybody could have that experience. And so for someone to be able to have access to running shoes or access to safe places to move their body and not worry about, you know, the things that we all worry about in our day to day. Um, and for us to kind of, you know, I talk to so many people that are like, I'd love to join a running club, but they're all way too fast for me. And so for us to kind of, you know, us current runners to be mindful of that and to constantly bring people along and to stop, you know, stop worrying about our paces and our distances and realize that there's so much more in connection and community. Um, I, I think that would be really incredible. And that's what I hope to see. And that's what I think a lot of us are working really hard on, you know, on doing. That's been one of the, your answer has been pretty much the answer that I've gotten, which is encouraging to see that there's so many people who who think like that and who, you know, have, have made that their goal. So we are now at our final segment called down the home stretch. I am going to ask you some rapid fire questions, answer them to the best of your ability. If you do not, that is okay. Only a handful of people um, have answered it, answered them in rapid fashion. Are you ready? I'm going to try. I mean, as you know, I'm a talker, so I'm going to give you my best chance to get rapid answers. <laughs> That's all. That is all I ask. Like I said, it's no big deal. If you don't, it's no biggie. It's, it's no biggie. Only like three or four people have gotten it, which is all good. It's all good. Okay. If you had to pick a food to live with and live without for the rest of your life, what would those items be? I'm living with donuts and absolutely living without onions. Okay. What would be a theme song to describe your life? Any theme song or any song, just in general? Oh, I love that song. Um, this is me from The Greatest Showman. Don't okay. make me sing it. <laughs> sing it, because I've never heard of it. 
Talk. Talk okay, fine. Okay, fine. <laughs> Dude, that's your homework. Go listen to it. <laughs> okay, listen. I thought we was about to have a little American Idol session right here. I would have sang. You song. almost got me. <laughs> oh, well, listen, I would have sang a song too, but you know, okay, you it's all good. It's all good. All right, back to the Nickelodeon question. If you had to pick an animal that you could talk to for the rest of your life pick one animal like eliza thornberry she had the ability to talk to animals if there was an animal that you could talk to my dog your dog okay i like that why the dog because she's so interesting i mean she lays on my couch all day i want to know what she's thinking <laughs> okay that's fair that's fair i think in that episode i said an elephant um yeah, but how often are you seeing elephants I mean, listen, if I can talk to them, you know, some kind of cell phone service and we can FaceTime or something like that. Um, yeah. So what is your dream? Where is your dream look or dream vacation location? Dream vacation spot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dream vacation spot. Okay. So maybe two. Uh, one that I, you know, have been to before uh, is Cape Cod. I really love going. My husband uh, works in baseball, so every summer he goes out to scout the Cape Cod League, and we uh, we tag along, and it's a great, great time. Um, somewhere I've never been is Africa. That's where we were going to honeymoon, and we weren't able to. And I would, you know, that's on the list. Okay. You see, you could be the connection for me to talk to the elephants if that. <laughs> I'll Facetime you when I get out there. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, if there was a trend from the 90s that you would keep or that you would, okay, I'm butchering this question. If there was a trend that you would keep and if there was a trend that you would bring back or get rid of, what would they be? Okay, so, well, yeah. so let me, let me, let me, let me, re, let me re, redo that question because I screwed it up again. A trend to bring back, a trend to keep, a trend to get rid of. So three trends in total. Okay, we're definitely getting rid of, um, they're not bell-bottom jeans, but whatever the ones that flare out, that <laughs> under your shoes, anytime you stepped in a puddle, you were just wet all day, those are gone forever, they're dead. Um, what are we bringing back? I mean, I really loved the diversity in phones back then. Like you could go to the store and you could walk out with like a sidekick or a razor. Like that's not 90s. I feel like that's more like 2000. early to mid 2000s, but um, that I could, I could come back with that. And then what are we keeping? Yeah. Oh man, I just lost rapid fire. Uh, no, you can not you're good. I don't know. I don't know what we're keeping. So there's not a trend that's going on currently that you do not want to keep. No. Okay, that works for I'll me. I'll let them all run their course. <laughs> <laughs> that works. And a little side note, I don't take this against rapid fire. People don't understand when I was going to school, you know, back in the 2000s, well, we're in the 2000s, but back between you know, I was in high school. I went to high school in 2008. That's when I started. If you had a razor, well, it's like all the rich people had razors. Yep. <laughs> I had that little Metro PCS flip phone and, and everything like that, which is my respect. Should have kept that. Okay. Last. I had wireless. Yeah. Hey. I had like a jailbroken uh, Blackberry and I played the uh, Brick Breaker on it. That was yeah. Cool. 
back in the day, people were talking about the iPhones. No, it was those Razors and everything like that. And then those Blackberries, totally forgot about that. Sidekits, flip phones, the one that little crink up. Crink. Those, were, those were always so fun to see what like the next phone would be. Now we just have bigger and bigger rectangles. I know, pretty much as soon it's gonna be the size of a, of a duffel bag. <laughs> with these phones you have to carry. And phone clips. You know, back then, you were an OG if you had a phone clip and you could whip it out under your belt. Now, I just picture it now like the phone clip, the super dark denim jeans, and like the dad New Balance shoes. Like, dad New Balance shoes, look, shirt tucked in and everything like that. Yeah, foot polo. Yep, that that was it back (laughs) in the day. So, if you had to be a guest on any TV show, what would it be? I don't even know if she still has a show, but Ellen, I've always loved, like growing up, I loved the Ellen show. Well, I think Ellen. she retired or is retiring soon, but Ellen. More like they're taking her show off of television. <laughs> so that's just- Ellen like in, in the height, like uh, 12 days of Christmas, Ellen, where you just walk away with swag, sign me up. <laughs> oh man, that is it. Yeah, that's it. Okay, last question. If, your life was portrayed in a movie. Who would you pick to play your character? Ooh, um, I'm so a friend actually this morning told me that I remind her of Kristen Bell. Uh, so we'll just go ahead and go with her. <laughs> I can see that. See that in Frozen. Can you sing like Kristen Bell? I, I honestly don't know much about Kristen Bell except that she's married to Dax Shepard and he has a fabulous podcast. That's that's all I that's literally all I know. Sarah, <laughs> so this is a leap of faith right now saying Kristen Bell. <laughs> Sarah, you have completed down the home stretch of rapid fire edition and you did pretty well. You did pretty well. You did you did pretty well. You're definitely in the top five uh, uh, people who finished. So where can the people find you? Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at I am Sarah Hayes. Um, if you want to find me online, uh, well, I guess Instagram is online. If you want to check out my website, it's just mindfulmilesrunning.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. If you are listening to this podcast, thank you again for your support. Do me a favor. Well, first of all, I got to give out to our sponsor, the Paper Trails Greeting Company. Go on their Instagram page at Paper Trails Greeting co oh god how did i forget that and then uh, my friend Kristen, who is the owner of the company has a pretty awesome campaign that you should check out and look into also for lactic acid purposes follow us on instagram lactic acid pod twitter lactic acid underscore pod i'm on tiktok don't know what i'm doing but you can make my day by just being a follower even though i'm probably not going to post there much more but we'll see because i don't know how to use it lactic acid podcast the youtube page we're getting that cranking up and putting more out more content including this episode um lactic acid with dominic smith subscribe on your platforms apple spotify google Podcasts, pocket cast i think that's wrong but you know if you type it in you'll find something similar and i'm on that leave a review it helps the podcast get seen by more people thank you again for your support god bless we'll catch you next time <laughs>